Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside to the VSIN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Mike Pritchard, our VEASAN NFL analyst, played nearly a decade in the NFL, former first-round pick, and oh, by the way, won a national title with the Colorado Buffs in the early 90s. Pritch, how are we doing here on this Friday? Doing morning? well, doing excellent. Uh, we had a nine-day countdown yesterday Oh yeah, uh, to the Buffs season, uh, and uh, social media featured me on that one. There you bit, go. So, uh, we are, we are a... now Mike Pritchard days away right, from the Buffs right. season. Yeah, number nine <laughs> Love in it. college. So, uh, yeah, getting excited. Michael Irvin, your guy was there <laughs> trying to fire up the Buffs. But, no, we – I mean, you can – Pretty much smell it you now. Smell I mean, it? Yeah, yeah. You, you're gonna feel it. You're gonna feel it pretty soon this weekend, right? Uh, but you can definitely smell it right now. That football's right around the corner. Saw some con- contest uh, participants mm-hmm. uh, for circa, whether Survivor or a Million, uh, out here. Everybody's kind of fever pitch right now. So oh, yeah. uh, everybody's certainly excited for the 2023 season. Yeah, I was talking to a gentleman yesterday named Greg. He lives over in the Cincinnati area. If he's listening, shout out to you, Greg. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was asking me if I was going to sign up for the contest, and I mm-hmm. asked him the same thing. And like, it's just it's contest weekend here yep. at Circa, which is cool. A lot of people come down. There's cool events at night. You can do meet and greets and cocktail parties, the whole nine. And this there's that nice buzz. Oh now, yeah. Now that week zero is here in college football, yep. like it's just a good buzz in the air. And I know that this is kind of the soft launch. Like I, I see on social media, everyone's like college football tomorrow and all that stuff. And I'm like. Yeah, it's tomorrow, but it's <laughs> it's, tomorrow. It's, it's sort of a soft launch because right. like the real launch is next week right. when we get the week one games, and obviously two weeks from now it'll be the NFL, which is what I'm really excited about. Like I like college football, but yeah. I love the NFL. Real but... quick about the NFL, like mm-hmm. what's the what's the most prominent question you're receiving right now? Because I, I got one. Ooh, the most prominent question yeah. in the NFL. Hmm. I mean, I because everybody knows I'm a Cowboys fan, mm-hmm. so everybody asks me about the Cowboys. Okay. Okay. I would say that's probably the top one that I get. Yeah. Just, and they're like, hey, like, what do you think? Like, you really believe the Cowboys can beat the Eagles? It's like, I, I think so. But what, 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 what are people asking? I'm getting, do you feel like this year is going to be more predictable than last year? Because last year mm. was so all over the place, right, with all the quarterback situations yep. and stuff. And uh, the NFC so wide open. It seems like it could be predictable. 
The AFC seems like it could be predictable, even though there's an arms race and everything like that. Uh, and, and it feels like it's going to be more predictable this year than last year was. And, and that's the question uh, I'm receiving a lot. Are, are you, do you think that we're going to see chaos, you know, kind of like all the injuries and all that, mm-hmm. like last year, or are we going to see, uh, you know, situations be more predictable? Yeah, and I think it's interesting. Like, what I'm most excited to see is the quarterbacks mm-hmm. that are taking over as, like, the face of the franchise type situations. Like, whether it's the rookies of the Bryce Youngs, the C.J. Strouds, the Anthony Richardsons, who we'll get to right. in just a little bit here, but also the Jordan Loves, the Sam Howells, the Desmond Ritters. Like, I want to know the answers to those mm-hmm. questions. Like, how good are those guys? What is their upside? And then also that means what is the team's upside? Yeah. And, like, we're going to find those questions out early on and find those answers out, I should say, early in the season, I feel right. like. But, like, that's what it's kind of on the top of my mind is, like, all right, is Ritter, can he really be that good to where the Falcons can win the South? Mm-hmm. Can Sam Howell be that good to where maybe the Commanders make the playoffs? It's like, that's, I think, what's really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even the information we're getting out off of the preseason, it's like, yeah. uh, okay, you look at, from the favorite standpoint, uh, are the favorites really just going to cash? Yeah. And when it comes to divisions, right? Okay, it comes to win totals. Um, I, I was going through win totals just based on last year where you had chaos. Uh, and the bulk of the team's, we're within two uh, of, from an ATS standpoint of being like, you know, seven to nine, nine to seven, something mm-hmm. like that. A bulk of the national football is like the ATS, right? So uh, I just wonder if things are going to be more predictable this year because of uh, of the situations developing in the National Football League right now. I mean, is it going to be chalk, 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 mm. right? Well, let me put it this way. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I hope not because okay. last night I put in a little for funsies twenty dollar. Mm. Eight leg division parlay. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so there you go. We're, we're jumping on it like or right <laughs> off of the bat right now. I'll reveal, I'll reveal the teams in the second hour. I wasn't planning on doing this, but let's just do it because we'll have a lot of fun with yeah. this. I'll reveal the teams in the second hour. My eight leg division parlay <laughs> that I mean, Pritch, this thing pays it's $20. It's a $20 bet uh-huh. that pays out like 250 grand or something. Do it. <laughs> do it. Do it's it. Absolutely absurd. But I said, hey, why not? You know what? Yeah. It's the NFL season. People go from worst to first. Things mm-hmm. can happen. Injuries can happen. So let's go ahead and get a chip in a place at the table and see if we can go ahead and there cash. You go. So there uh, you we'll go. talk about that in hour number two. But we do have a fun show for you guys on tap. Coming up in 30 minutes, Dieter Kurtenbach, 49ers reporter over at the Bay Area's News Group. We're going to talk the big news of the week down over by the Bay, Trey Lance, QB3. But he's also expected to play tonight. How long? We'll ask Dieter Kurtenbach a little bit later on in 30 minutes. Then in the second hour at 1015 West Coast time, 115 Eastern, Adam Burke, VEASAN's managing editor, also the host of our VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets podcast, but also an expert in the college football, had a big part of our college football betting guide, which you should already have by now. If you don't, week zero is tomorrow, folks. Get it right now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe, but we'll get Adam's week zero thoughts on college football coming up in hour number two. But Let's talk about one of those quarterbacks that we're going to see this upcoming season. Week number one, rookie quarterback Anthony Richardson. Last night, he and the Colts beat the Philadelphia Eagles 27-13. Colts go ahead and cover as six-point favorites. I mean, the expectation was that, hey, they're going to play their stars mm-hmm. for quite a bit of time, and they did, playing one half. Richardson, six of 17, 78 yards, no TDs, no interceptions. What did you make of Richardson and that Colts first team unit as we saw them play for a decent chunk of time as yeah. it pertains to the preseason? Yeah, I mean, they're executing, and that's what you want to see right now from a young quarterback taking over as a starter. Uh, the moment's not too big for Anthony Richardson. You can see that even though he doesn't have a ton of experience. Uh, but more importantly to me, the fellas are responding to him. Mm. You, you, know, um, you, you know, for a young player like this, it's quarterback position, key position. Uh, they went the other route last year with this team. 
like Super Bowl starters, right? Superstore, super uh, Super Bowl winner, uh, and 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 certainly of uh, Foles as a backup, mm-hmm. and then you had Matt Ryan as a a Super Bowl participant, win a uh, loser, but he was still in the Super Bowl uh, as your starting quarterback. But uh, now you go younger, and so you never know how the fellows are going to react to that. But they're reacting to AR. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. he's electric. He's got energy. He's got that presence about him, uh, and you can see that from the fellows on offense. So the execution, I, I think, uh, is something to to embrace. You know, if you're back in the Colts this year, you like it right now from Shane Steichen. Uh, you're liking what you're seeing right now, the development of AR. Uh, but then also, what else are they going to give him? Like, you saw glimpses uh, in that game, Femi, where, you know, he can get to the line of scrimmage and operate. Remember, mm-hmm. people were kind of worried about that lack of experience, but he can get to the line of scrimmage and operate. Uh, and now the looks are going to get more and more difficult, but that's why you have a week of practice. That's why you have study. That's why you have, um, uh, you know, classwork in a classroom. Uh, and so you're counting on, if you are backing the Colts, you're counting on, AR being able to develop that way as well, uh, which he's going to have to. His athleticism and his ability, no question. He can get the job done. Now, each and every week, can he do what's necessary in the classroom to get himself ready and to get himself and the team ready mm-hmm. uh, uh, for those different looks as they evolve the season? Yeah, and I should add Anthony Richardson on the ground last night, five carries, 38 yards. He had a long run of 16 yards in that game. And I found myself in the two games that he played this mm-hmm. preseason, the first one against Buffalo, he sat out the second game against the Chicago Bears, but played last night. Right. I found in, my, in the two games that I watched Richardson play, I think he's further along than we all thought he was. Because like the whole notion about him around draft process was, oh, he's so raw, he's mm-hmm. so raw. And yeah, there's some things that are rough around the edges, and I'm sure he's going to have some struggles on like throughout this regular season. But like this isn't raw out of the package. This is just like, okay, like, he just needs the reps and right. needs to play. Like he can hang on an NFL field. Like it's not going to look like a complete disaster. At least I don't think from what I've seen in a couple preseason games. Right, right. I mean, as long as the execution is there too, he's going to be able to see and correct mistakes. For instance, um, that game. You know, he made some great throws and you know, inaccurate at times too. Right, but mm-hmm. but to be able to get to the line of scrimmage and recognize the defense and, and understand, okay, they're giving me a too high look, but they're going to go to one high and it's going to be man-to-man or they're going to bail and it's going to look like zone. Where's my leverage and all that? He processed that. Hmm. He's already processing that. Um, and then on top of that, Tim, Shane Steichen should be able to help him. Formation. Yep. Uh, the fact that they are running a college offense, you're going to be able to dictate the looks that you want for your quarterback. You can use no huddle. You can use so many different ways of dictating what you want the defense to look like for your young quarterback. And that's on Shane Steichen. So if you are interested in betting the Colts this year, uh, it it really is about Shane Steichen being able to call plays like that to help out this young quarterback. But then also the evolution of AR. Like his starting point uh, is off the charts. His launching pad is great. Uh, Now where does he land, right? Or where does he fly to? I mean, that's to me... The biggest question there's such an unknown with him too that i think he's going to catch some teams by surprise as well and i think the important thing about anthony richardson with the colts and what made us all excited about this on draft night was that he's going to a coach who's going to design the offense around what he does mm-hmm. best because he's not a finished product and he's right. not going to look like a finished product and maybe he never reaches his full potential but you can at least have confidence in the fact that 
Shane Sykin is comfortable with mobile quarterbacks. We saw Shane Sykin help out in the development of Jalen Hurts. Obviously, Nick Sirianni playing a factor in that as well. Jalen Hurts and his own ability being a factor, being probably the biggest factor in all of that. But Shane Sykin at least knows how to kind of develop young quarterbacks. Right. He also helped develop Justin Herbert a little bit. Like, that's where I, I want to kind of buy in. And maybe it's not buying in from a week-to-week basis or buying in early on in the season. Maybe it's buying in December or buying for the long term. But just from the start of the couple of preseason games and, the, and what I've been hearing at a training camp and mm-hmm. all that stuff, like, I think long term, the Colts might have found something here. Like, like, you don't want to crown a guy, but I think they might have found something. Long term, yeah. I know Ballard's going to have to do his job and, and add pieces. Yes. They, they need. That's a big part, they especially need, on offense. I know. <laughs> the boss move, and we talked about this pre-show, the boss move for them would be some way, somehow, get Marvin Harrison Jr. <laughs> you know, if they could do that, if they right. could finagle that, right? <laughs> um, but, no, they need, they need to add pieces to AR in terms of that finished product. But with the offensive line, with Gus Bradley still on defensively, uh, I, I think they got a chance to be competitive this year. Yeah, I think so as well. Week one, they're hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars. Right now, that line is four and a half. So they're four and a half point home dogs. Maybe it's interesting. Maybe they can catch Jacksonville off guard to open up the season. We'll discuss that, of course, over the next couple of weeks. Let's break down the Pittsburgh Steelers because they looked pretty damn good last night. This is the Lombardi line presented by BetMG. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Legendary sports better Billy Walters recently sat down with Brent Musburger to discuss his new book, Gambler Secrets from a Life at Risk. 
Now, for a limited time, get a free copy of Billy Walters' new book when you become a VEASAN Pro annual subscriber. Just sign up on a new VEASAN Pro annual subscription today and use promo code BILLY. Get an entire year of VEASAN Pro access to our daily best bets, season prep betting guides 24-7 video, and pro tools like our exclusive betting splits. Remember to use promo code BILLY when you sign up for a VEASAN Pro annual subscription to get your free copy of the book. Copies are limited, so sign up at VEASAN.com slash subscribe today. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line. He's Mike Pritchard. I'm Femi Abebefe. We're hanging out here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. And joining us now, our first guest on the program, is a 49ers beat reporter for the Bay Area News Group. He is Dieter Kurtenbach joining us here on the Lombardi Line. Dieter, we appreciate you taking the time this morning. And to start off, obviously, we're going to start with this Trey Lance QB3 situation. But can this sort of be chalked up to bad luck with the injuries Lance has suffered throughout his NFL career? Or do you think from the beginning that the Niners' process was bad in drafting a developmental quarterback? Why don't we just say both? Because it was clear that the Niners didn't have a plan from day one. Uh, they traded up to number three overall, not knowing who they were going to take. You're going to trade away three first-round draft picks? I don't know. Maybe you don't get the third quarterback in the draft. They passed on Justin Fields. They pass on Kyle Shanahan's preferred guy, Mac Jones. They go with Lance, who had no football under his belt, just coming off a one-game season at the FCS level. The one season he played at the FCS level, he was a better runner than thrower. They were really projecting out, feeling themselves after a, after a pretty good turnaround for the 49ers. They were feeling themselves that they could turn anybody into a good quarterback. And after that, Yes, there's bad luck, no question about it, for Lance with the leg breaking last year and bad injuries his first year. But they just never had a cohesive plan for him. First year, he's a rookie. He comes into training camp. I thought he was better than Jimmy Garoppolo at training camp. But they immediately say, actually, it wasn't a competition. All of the stuff we said before was a lie. He's going to be the backup. Okay, he's the backup, and he's supposed to get some snaps. And then those snaps disappear. Why? Because Jimmy Garoppolo was saying that he didn't like having to leave the game. And so they defer to Jimmy Garoppolo instead of their number three overall pick who they traded three first round picks for the next year. They keep Garoppolo on the roster because they can't trade him, and they make Lance the starter, no competition again. And then Lance gets injured. Brock Purdy comes through, they get saved. And then this year, instead of just making Lance the number two, they signed Sam Darnold. Now that should have told us everything right then. Mm. And here we are today. It was just a very weird way of handling this guy where they would alternate between the utmost faith in his ability to become a great NFL quarterback and the agreement, which we've reached now today, that he's kind of a scrub. And I'm sure the truth is somewhere in the middle, but if the 49ers can't figure it out, why would anyone trade for this guy? I mean, why would anyone think, oh, we can do it? Kyle Shanahan can't make his mind up on this guy. And it's really, it's really made his life difficult since he got to San Francisco. You know, Dieter, you, you brought up some very, very interesting points here. And uh, I think from a betting perspective, very valuable information because I want to expand on that a little bit. Uh, I know John Lynch and, and I know Kyle. And, and, and you know, the thing yeah. about what you said, having a plan or not, or, or certainly being able to evolve or, or change, uh, you still end up in a conference championship game, right? Uh, with mystery, oh. mystery Irrelevant. So it's like yeah. uh, their ability – from, and this is pure betting, right? For their ability right. to understand their roster, what they have, and still be able to play, get their roster to play at a high level is off the charts. 
Uh, because you go back to the rumors about why they got all those picks anyway. Maybe they wanted to get Aaron Rodgers, right? And, and okay, we've got to settle for Trey Lance. And Tom so, Brady before that. Tom well, Brady, that. exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like this, John Lynch mm-hmm. and Kyle, they know how to adapt. And my question to you is, yeah. are, are they up against it? Or, or they, do they still have more chess pieces to play with right now? No, the, the, this, these are their pieces right here. The yeah. Brock Purdy is now the franchise quarterback of this team. And that might work out really, really well. Brock Purdy was awesome last year. He might have also been a flash in the pan. I, I don't see any evidence to that right now, but we don't really know, especially yeah. coming off of a UCL injury. They're all in on Brock Purdy. And Sam Darnold's the backup. So <laughs> if you're all in with Sam Darnold, I guess that's, that's a life choice that you made. Um, like that's, I guess that could work out. Um I would like to note, like, yes, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have done, they've been inarguably the most consistent best team in the NFC over the last five, six years. Like they, they are always in it in the years that they're not in it. They, they draft pretty well, I guess. But I mean, some of the key players on this team, they got lucky with, we we just gotta be frank. Fred Warner, third round pick, right? George Kittle, fifth round pick. They trade for Christian McCaffrey. Good pick or good move. They, they traded away their draft picks. They realized they couldn't do anything with them. They get lucky with Brock Purdy in the seventh round. If they knew Brock Purdy was what he was, he wouldn't have gone last in the draft. And if they thought that Trey Lance was going to be a scrub, they wouldn't have traded three first round. No one knows. No one knows the answers. And I, I think least of all the San Francisco 49ers, they just do a really good job with developing some guys. No question about that finding dudes who fit their system. No question about that. And when they get the hot hand, they ride it and they'll ride it until it breaks down. Uh, Debo Samuel might be a classic example of that. That's why Christian McCaffrey is here. Uh, defensive line rode Eric Armstead until he broke down. Like it, it is, it is going to be interesting moving forward because now they have a lot of good players. They got to pay them all. And this is still, I know the salary cap is mostly fake, but there's some truth to it somewhere. And it's probably going to come back and bite him in the butt. And it helps to have Brock Purdy on the cheapest contract in the NFL, but still hard to uh, keep everybody in line. We're speaking with Dieter Kurtenbach, Bay Area News Group 49ers beat reporter, covers them as a columnist at the Bay Area News Group as well. Well, Dieter, let's switch over to tonight. The Niners are taking on the Chargers right now. San Francisco seven and a half point favorites, total 38. Yeah. Trey Lance is expected to play in this game. <laughs> How long do you think we see Lance play? And, like, do we, are we going to see Purdy and Darnold as well? Or is this going to be maybe a Trey Lance showcase to try to make him look as good as possible to then perhaps maybe trade him before cut-down day later on this weekend? It's too late to trade him. I mean, they, they, they ha- everyone has known in the NFL since they signed Sam Darnold that Trey Lance is available. And no one has made even close to a serious offer. And if the 49ers want to delude themselves again into thinking that someone's going to trade for the quarterback that they don't want, they, I don't know how many examples they need to look at to realize it ain't going to happen. Last year, they did this exact same thing, different circumstances, sure, but the exact same thing with Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm. They just expected someone to come in and trade for him. And guess what? No one did. And Jimmy Garoppolo is a much better quarterback than Trey Lance. At least he's got the track record. No one did it. And Trey Lance, as young as he is, he, he's not exactly you know easy to take on cost-wise. He was the third overall pick. That money's guaranteed. So the 49ers can't cut him because they wouldn't have any benefit the next two years. They'd have to pay him anyway. So you might as well keep him around as a third quarterback and see what's up. I wouldn't be shocked if he didn't play at all tonight. It, it's just they, they just have to cut their losses at a certain point. I think there would be some weird energy 
in the stadium if Trey Lance comes in in the second half to play with some scrubs. I, I say just keep him on the bench. Let Brandon Allen, the fourth-string quarterback, get in those second-half snaps. Give Brandon Allen a chance to go somewhere for a sixth-round pick or something. Keep Trey Lance. And don't forget, because of Brock Purdy's elbow injury last year, you basically can carry three quarterbacks on the roster with no penalty now. Mm. And I think that's what the Niners will do. And I wouldn't be shocked if Lance moved up to number two on the depth chart some weeks. You know, just because, why not? Uh, <laughs> they, can have two backup, they can have two backup quarterbacks, and they can get away with it. Uh, just one of them happens to be a scrub that they picked up off the street for, you know, <laughs> number three overall pick once in the day. But it's Sam Darnold, anyone could have had him. He wanted to go to San Francisco. And the other one's a guy that no one else wants to trade for. And uh, that's, <laughs> that's just the way it goes. And the guy who's beaten them all, last pick in the draft. Smallest of them all. Pretty incredible sport we got here. <laughs> Dieter, we got about 90 seconds left. Let's talk about a guy who's not a scrub. That's Nick Bosa, the reigning defensive player of the year. He still hasn't shown yeah. up to camp. He still wants his contract. He's not being fined. At what point do we start to get concerned about Nick Bosa's availability for week one against Pittsburgh and then beyond? Uh, the Wednesday before week one, if he's not in camp, we got a real big problem. And I, don't, I, I can't guarantee that he's going to be there. But if he's not in Wednesday before camp, that's when T.J. Watt showed up a couple of years ago, all that. If he's not there for the actual week of practice before the Pittsburgh Steelers, they got a big problem. And I think that the 49ers are operating in this fairytale land where they can just get away with it. And I, I, don't, I don't think that's going to be the case. I, I think that this holdout might go into the regular season a couple of weeks. Because Nick Bosa, just like his brother Joey, they got a hardcore agent, man. And the 49ers aren't playing hardcore right now. Yeah. Yeah, they need some dogs like you have, Dieter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, what's your dog's name before we let you go? <laughs> we got we got the big we got the big fella moose, but those were a couple of yip yap carrot okay. dogs. <laughs> <laughs> he is Dieter Kurtenbach. Check out his stuff over at the Bay Area News Group. Does a great job covering the Niners. Dieter, we appreciate you joining us, man. Be well. Anytime. Right. <laughs> I like that line there, Fred. <laughs> and he's some dogs. Yeah. Dieter has that. He definitely has dogs. There's something he said that we need to talk about mm. when it comes to the 49ers a little bit. I think it's setting in. All right. Well, that's a tease right there from my <laughs> man, Mike Pritchard, professional broadcaster here at VCD Sports Betting Network. We'll get into that, and we'll also get into some other props in the NFL betting space. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abbafe, on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. It is our number two of the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. Femi Abbafe alongside Mike Pritchard, our VSN NFL analyst, played nearly a decade in the National Football League, former first round pick to the Atlanta Falcons, and also a national champion with the Colorado Buffaloes back in the early 90s. Pritch, kind enough to be hanging out with us here on this Friday morning. Coming up in 15 minutes, our buddy Adam Burke, VEASAN's managing editor, also contributed heavily to our VEASAN college football betting podcast. Make sure you check that out uh, over, sorry, not the college football, he does the college football podcast, but also the college football betting guide, I should say. You can get that at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Adam will be joining us in 15 minutes to break down week zero, 24 hours away. The college football season getting underway. Cannot wait for it. But, Pritch, let's break down some of the NFL news and notes from around the league and some headlines that we want to ask you in a game that we like to call here. And this is critically acclaimed, by the way. <laughs> a game called 
oh hell yeah, oh hell nah here <laughs> on a Friday morning in downtown Las Vegas. So the first one, Pritch, I don't know if you noticed yesterday, mm -hmm. there's been a lot of wheeling and dealing in the desert, not here in Las Vegas, but in the Valley of the Sun mm. in Arizona, where the Arizona Cardinals yesterday made three trades, two of which were former first-round picks, one of them being Josh Jones, the other one being Isaiah Simmons. They traded them for seventh-rounders. They also traded for quarterback Josh Dobbs. So the Cardinals made a flurry of trades, which leads me to ask you and say this statement, that Kyler Murray, their quarterback, <laughs> could be next in the Cardinals' flurry of trades with the new head coach and the new general manager. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell no. Or hell to the no. <laughs> I mean, That's a new one. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I've heard this and I, I've seen people speculate, okay, Kyler Murray's he's next to get trade. I'm like, who's going to trade for that contract one? It's a big one. Um, and then who's going to trade for that player? Um, Kyler Murray is soft. Mm. Kyler Murray is not a leader. Kyler Murray is barely a quarterback right now. Um, and I get it. The intrigue about Kyler Murray when he came out and he, okay, he was the number one overall pick. That was a catered situation. Think about it. The GM who knew the coach, you know, you, you, you get rid of Wilkes, you get rid of other coaches, and, okay, you got Kingsbury that comes in who, in who's never been a head coach before, barely an offensive coordinator, but he knows what Kyler Murray does offensively with his skill set. Would you rather have Lincoln Riley? Yeah. But Lincoln Riley wasn't going there. Hmm. So you go out and get somebody he hired as an offensive coordinator, somebody who knows Kyler Murray. I mean, Lincoln Riley... Look at the quarterbacks and, and the Heisman Trophy he's produced with that offense, right? A lot of them. So to think that that's going to work in the National Football League, you need Lincoln Riley, <laughs> uh, not Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, and so where is Kyler going to go that people understand Kyler and the fact that since high school, he's been in the same offense. He has not been in any other offense. What do you do with that? And, and then who do you find to want to work with that? and that attitude, and that salary. <laughs> I mean, good luck trying to trade this guy because who's going to want that salary and who's going to want to trade for him? So I, I hear it. Yeah, go ahead and tank for Caleb Williams. Is it because the Cardinals did that before? They had Josh Rosen. Oh, get rid of him. Let's get Kyler Murray. Is that mm -hmm. why people think they're going to tank for Caleb Williams? I don't know. But I, I don't know what they do with this guy. Um I guess you could tank it and then move on, but then what are you going to do with your salary cap, right? Yeah, if paid a lot of money. A, yeah, if you draft a, a quarterback again, like you did with Josh Rosen and then Kyle Murray. Now, the difference in this situation, though, is that Monty Austin Ford, the general manager, and Jonathan Gannon, the head coach, did not select Kyler Murray. Right. It was the same regime. At least Steve Kime was the same mm -hmm. general manager who took Josh Rosen, then a year later took Kyler Murray. So I guess he was like, all right, let me just kind of right my wrong or wash my hands with this Josh Rosen thing. There's no sweat equity from Monty Asifort and Jonathan Gannon. Like, those guys are just evaluating everything. And maybe when they evaluate the situation, they think, we like this Caleb Williams guy better, and let's go this route, and maybe let's try to sniff around and see if we can find a trade partner. Like, the Minnesota Vikings right now, their quarterback doesn't have a contract or a year left in his contract yeah. after the season. What if they sniffed around and said, well, maybe we don't, be, we don't lose enough games to get the top pick where you go ahead and trade for Murray and you take on that contract. But, I mean, I guess they did figure out their salary cap this year, so that'd be taking on a big contract after fixing your salary cap woes. But I'm just kicking teams around here. Like, maybe there's a team that's out there that's willing to take on the contract that doesn't have an avenue 
to getting one of these young quarterbacks that's coming up in the draft. So O'Connell's been groomed in the McVay system. Uh, it led to an incredible start for him up there in Minnesota using the McVay system. Uh, Zach Taylor's using it. Uh, certainly Joe Burrow. A lot, a lot of teams are using the McVay, Kyle Shanahan, whatever, whatever you want to use it from a tree standpoint. How, how does Kyler fit in that? He's never played in that. And, and it's like, do you take a chance with that, especially when you have Justin Jefferson that you're about to give a monster contract to? Uh, I, I, fit is so valuable in the National Football League mm. uh, because if you don't have fit as a coach, you're fired. <laughs> Period. Fit or fired. Fit or fired. <laughs> Maybe that's a new segment. <laughs> fit or fired yeah. on the Lombardi line. But no, your point is well taken here. And the contract, I think, is the big hiccup mm -hmm. here for Kyler Murray there. But let's get to the next headline. Yeah. Josh Jacobs, Raider star running back, should wait until the week of the season opener to sign the franchise tag and report to the Raiders. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell no. Hell yes. Hell yes. Do it. Do it. Uh, don't have an epiphany like uh, Saquon did. <laughs> don't miss them dollars. I forgot that's the word. Yeah. Used. I had an epiphany. Yeah. Josh, really? Josh, you rode this thing out this long. Go ahead and apply leverage. And, and here's what I mean by that. Cause a lot of people are saying he doesn't have leverage. Josh uh, Jacobs. He does because there's $10 million accounted for right now on a salary cap. The Raiders only have 3 million. Like, but they have to account for 10 million thinking that someday Josh Jacobs is going to show up. They also have a roster spot. Mm. Uh, say you're you're down to these numbers and you got cut what next week cuts or next week um, and then you have a roster spot you're like Ooh, wait a minute we got Josh Jacobs still out there uh, when is he coming in and if he comes in right uh, the, during the week of, of game one preparation now you have to uh, evolve and adapt and, and make some moves and all this stuff if you're the Raiders now maybe they've accounted for that who knows um, I, I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you plan that, especially from a roster spot standpoint. Um, so other teams are going to re release players that you're going to want if you're the Raiders, and, and you certainly can use. Um, but what do you do with this valuable roster spot with Josh Jacobs? And I, I think if you're Josh Jacobs at this point, all you want is the ability to be a free agent next year. Mm -hmm. Like if you removed a, the, you put in a clause that you cannot franchise tag me next year, I'm coming in. Um, but if not, I'm coming in when it's going to hurt you guys. And you got to have to make a decision from a roster spot standpoint and certainly a salary cap standpoint once I apply my $10 million. Yeah. I think this has been Jacob's plan the whole time. Yeah. Show up the week of the game, sign the tag, play the season out, yeah. and then we'll do this dance once again next year. Hopefully without a franchise tag. Hopefully without much. a franchise yeah. tag. Jonathan Taylor's also hoping that as well. He's been actually been given a, 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 an imposed deadline on when he can seek a <laughs> trade partner. So I ask you this. Jonathan Taylor will be traded before Tuesday's team-imposed deadline. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell no. Oh, man. For the player, I, I want to say, oh, hell yeah. But uh, unfortunately, I think it's all hell no because, I mean, yeah. it's it, – er, all I got to say is Ursay cut paid Manny. Mm. Um, Jonathan Taylor, good luck with whatever you're trying to do right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know. You are not Peyton Manning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> good player. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Peyton Manning got cut. <laughs> um, they're going to want something for you. And I don't know what teams are going to give up. Uh, you know, if there's a team desperate enough, maybe they can uh, give the Colts what they want. But, uh, you know, when you say you can go seek a trade, that's for your agent to go out there and make some phone calls and, and all this stuff. And, um, uh, you know, you know I, it, it's, it's just a difficult situation because obviously JT doesn't want to play there knowing that 
his future from an economic standpoint is, is limited. Um, but, you know, he's got to stay healthy, too. He's got to get healthy. And uh, I think he's not going to go out there until he's healthy. So uh, it, it's a situation that I think once he's back on the field for the Colts, he's going to be okay. But in terms of a trade, I, I, I want to say all hell no, because I, I, it, it's just a difficult, difficult prospect to, to see a guy like that trade right now. This next one, Pritch, I didn't realize was going to make its way onto the rundown when mm-hmm. I tweeted this out yesterday okay. while watching preseason games. But I tweeted this watching the preseason, especially when I was watching the Pittsburgh Steelers. I said, I do find it interesting that established Super Bowl winning head coaches like Tomlin, Carroll, Reed, Harbaugh, and Belichick feel that they need to get their starters serious work in the preseason. Tomlin, of course, we read the quotes about him and why he wanted to get his guys worked in the preseason as well. So I put it to you this way. More NFL teams should give starters significant playing time throughout the NFL preseason. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell no. Oh, hell yes. Yeah, I mean, you know, these these coaches are all old school coaches. You know, you think about it. And, and um, man, to think, and again, the game has changed because of health uh, reasons, and I get that. But to think that at one time uh, we had six preseason games. <laughs> right. If you think about that, you know, there were still Hall of Famers. There was still incredible yeah. football played in the 70s and all that six preseason. Yeah, they had like the Tokyo Bowl or whatever, sure. right? I, going I, out to Tokyo. I played in that. Yeah. Uh, uh, we had four. You know, sometimes we had five preseason games. And uh, oh, on top of that, too, we had two days and pads. Wow. To think that that's really took place. So, no, iron sharpens iron. Uh, it's not tissue sharpening tissue. Like, like Hackett tried to do. Um, mm. But there is a new way of thinking. You know, there is a CBA out there. There is, you know, rules that you can only have so, so, a certain number of contact days uh, because of health and safety, which I'm all for, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if you can get some work done, if you, you put cleats on a li- for a living, come on, Remy, uh, you can go out there and, and run 14 plays uh, and avoid injury, significant injury if you can. Yeah. You should. You should. Um, so, no, I, I agree with those guys. You know, iron sharpens iron. Get out there and play. Get ready for the season. It's a quote that I've been saying all preseason. Football players have to play football to get ready to play football. That's all right, Trent Dilfer. <laughs> yeah, right. that's, that's the reality of the preseason. Adam Burke joins us next talking college football week zero. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. 
We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.